Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. So you have uh, an opportunity. You're about to learn from one of the first people and one of the most important mentors in my life and certainly in the trajectory of my career. David Avrin is come one of my closest friends and he was one of the first people I met on my journey when I was just a young kid with a dream. So technically, so here's what David does. Today he's going to talk, we're going to, I'm going to interview him to share with you his process. He has a very systematic process for acquiring keynotes and growing a keynote business. And we'll talk about why that's important. But as a speaker, he is one of the most in-demand customer experience and marketing speakers in the world today. And he speaks all over the world, Singapore, Bangkok, Antwerp, Buenos Aires, Sri Lanka, Brisbane, Johannesburg, I mean, London, Barcelona, Dubai, on and on and on, and he's speaking for companies like Harley-Davidson, Remax, PPG, UBS, and he's the author of a couple books, okay, uh, so it's not who you know, it's who knows you, visibility marketing, and then his latest book, Why Customers Leave and How to Win Them Back, which was named by Forbes as one of the seven business books that entrepreneurs need to read. So, he has done it, and he has spent a lot of time teaching people like myself. And it, those of you that are members of ours, you know, when you go through our phase one experience and we talk about the brand DNA helix and, and I talk about questions like, what have you earned the right to talk about? You'll hear me quote that that is directly from David Averin. What problem do you solve? What do you do better than anyone else in the world? These are things that I learned from this man. So brother, thank you for making some time to come on the show. I am humbled, I am honored, and, and isn't it ironic over the years that when we look back to, that was decades ago when we all decades. started our friendship, our relationship, and how much we've learned from each other over the years. I, I love the idea when the master becomes the student and the student becomes the master, and you were a kid and you no longer, now you have kids of your own, and I love seeing where you are, I love being able to have these conversations and then letting other people listen into what it is that we talk about, but we continue to learn from each other because the world is changing. And so how we do what we do has to change as well. Yeah. Well, amen to that. And, and I think one of the things in recent years, and this is, this is where I kind of, you know, I, I definitely want to step into the student seat here again, because I've been so impressed. I, I mean, you, you kind of like 
were a marketing consultant. And so you were advising companies on that. And then you were, you know, advising speakers on that. And then you kind of stepped into becoming a speaker. And then you built this really fast speaking career. And one of the things that I love about how, how you've done it is, is, you know, too many people teach the business of speaking like, well, hey, you throw up a website or you, you do a demo video and people just come. Or, hey, you write a book and people just come. But it's not that way. Not it's at all. Ne never been that way. And most people don't have s such a systematic process that they follow. And watching you develop that, I think, has been inspiring for me because I think it's something that is teachable and it's scalable versus hey, you know, you got to become famous and then well, you're a speaker. I, I think it's the only thing that's scalable. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of it. I think, I think the tragedy of our profession, whether you are a professional speaker or you just speak as part of what you do to share your message and build your audience, whether it's consulting or otherwise as well, I think the big tragedy of our profession is all of the false information of what it takes to be successful in doing this. And we have, mm. and I think you'll agree with this one, it always makes me smile a little bit that I think we're the only profession, for those of us who actually do this for a living, where most people become speakers because they're encouraged to become speakers by people who have no idea what it's like to be a speaker, right? <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, you have to tell that story. You got to go out and inspire people. And, and all of those people say, listen, I just want to touch people's lives. I want to, I want to share, I want to help um, inspire people and, sh and share joy. You know, it's like, yeah, don't quit your day job. I mean, it doesn't mean that we can't do that. It doesn't mean we can't inspire people. But the reality is this is a business. And meeting planners aren't going to pay you $10,000 for you to have a cathartic experience on stage. They're not going to pay you $8,500 for you to live your life's dream of touching people's lives. However, they will pay you to solve a problem of theirs. Now, in doing so, you can live your dream. You can indulge your passion. But this is a business. And speaking isn't, speaking isn't a business. Getting the gig is the business. And that's the key that most people don't realize. You and I both know that most people will enter and leave this profession within two years because they're literally starving because they took a, well, I took a class on storytelling or hand gestures and why won't my phone ring? It's like, pick up the freaking phone. And yeah. so what you talk about sort of very quickly, I don't know that it was quickly. I've been doing this for over 20 years now and I am a 20 year overnight success in that we spend a lot of time, myself and my staff, in learning what works and what doesn't. And what doesn't work is promoting your passion and here's what, it's solving somebody's problem. Now, if you can connect what you're really good at and what you really love to do with a problem somebody's willing to pay to solve, you have magic, you have nirvana, you have the chance of being successful in this business. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, I love that what you said there about speaking isn't the business getting the speaking gig is the business and that's yeah. like that one inside alone i think is just people overlook that dramatically we love inspiring people we love teaching we are by definition i think all of your brand builders and of course i'm part of your brand builders group as well we're all teachers to an extent, aren't we? We have something right. that we want to share, something we believe, something we know, something we've learned, and we want to impart that to others. And we can do it through consulting and online courses and books and everything else. But it's not about us. And this is where, this is where I will differ from some very big names who talk about it's important that people buy your why. And I don't think they buy your why. I think they buy their why. I think you have to be very clear on your why. You have to know why you're doing what you're doing but you have to connect it to their why. 
why are they buying? What is their problem? What is their challenge? What are they looking for? And not everybody has a problem. I mean, sometimes their problem, my problem is I just need a bigger flat screen TV than Phil does down the street. My problem is I need a bigger snowblower than my, than my neighbors. But speaking in general, for no matter what you do, if speaking is a part of it, there is a process in the system. And, but don't confuse that with automation because I'm not an automation guy. I'm, everything for us is very highly personalized. And I think part of our success in finding and converting paid speaking gigs is that we are very systematic in our approach, but very personalized in our outreach. Does that make sense? Say that so, again. You're very, say that again. We're very um, systematized in our approach. We have a process in this system that helps us be efficient with our time. It helps us to make sure that the, the activities that we're engaged in are effective activities. They are strategic. We know why we're doing what we're doing and when we're doing it. But how we're doing it is not about how many can we do as quickly as we can. It's very easy to get a list of associations, craft a general email and send it out to everybody in 45 seconds. And it's the worst possible approach ever because you're just going to be thrown in the bucket with everybody else who spams them with that information. So that's super efficient, but it's not effective. Part of what makes us very effective, and we are, is that we take the time to look up every prospect that would be a good fit for what I do. Right now, I, I talk about customer experience as a meaningful competitive advantage. I speak to corporate audiences and association audiences about how to achieve advantage over their competitors by being remarkably easy to do business with. And so, as we call that list and go through and see which one would be an appropriate audience for me, like if somebody's in business and they're in a competitive marketplace, it's a great audience. So the national, uh, for the international glove manufacturers, which is a big deal, of course, during the coronavirus, it's a thing. I've spoken for them before. That's a great audience for me. But the National Society of Operating Room Nurses, not a good audience for me. They're not in business. They're not competing against each other. Amazing people, but not an approach for me. So strategically, we would never pitch them because it's wasting time because they would never hire me. So we're very selective in terms of we will buy lists sure, on the on the association side, on the on the government side, on the corporate side. So can we and, can we can we yeah. talk about that? I want to hit that part first. Sure, absolutely. I, I, I do think a lot of people miss that step. And and I think even that as a first step, there's a lot of people that go, Oh my gosh, I didn't know you could do that. And then the ones that do it. They buy a list, they send a broadcast email to everybody, oh. nobody buys, and they say this didn't work. It didn't which, work, right. But, but how do you get the list, though? Let's, like, sure. where, do you, where do you go well, to well, get the Let me back up. List? First of all, not only does it not work, but you've actually just poisoned the well for future outreach that you're going to do. So there's lists in a lot of places. I will be honest, Rory, my staff does a lot of this. So I've got, you know, Tiffany's been with me for almost nine years. So there's association lists. You can look them online. A lot of them are free. The Hoover's list, which is the Dun and Bradstreet, for those of us who grew up in business, Dun and Bradstreet is probably the most current, up-to-date corporate database of corporate executives, personnel. It's updated constantly. And so the mailing list sort of part of that is, is called Hoover's. So if you look up Hoover's, it is not inexpensive. You know, it might be, I think, as much as $3,000 or so for a year. But, but for many of us, that's, that's 15 minutes on stage with one gig. 
the advantage, let me sort of go through both of these because I think this is really meaningful for those who are, who are listening. The association side, they tend to pay a little bit less, but every association, every industry has an annual meeting or multiple meetings. Look around the room, wherever you are right now, listening to this or watching this, everything you see in that room, somebody makes that and they have an annual meeting. So the lights and the switches and the, and the fixtures, everything you mm. see, there's, a, there's an association and they meet every year. Look them up. And here's what we do. We go through on the association side, we go through a little matrix. So with everyone we look up, we look up when is their next meeting? We, we mark it in there in, in our form. When was their last meeting? Who were their speakers? So Rory, you and I have been around the business for a long time. We know who's basically making what. If you don't know, just go online and look them up. You can get a yeah. general idea of what their fee is. So if I see some very big names, if I see a Rory Vaden or a Jay Bear or a, or a Sally Hogshead, I have a pretty good idea of what they paid for that person last year. We look at when their next meeting is coming up. So we get all that information, phone numbers, everything else, and then that's in our database, in our CRM, and we will use that to craft a personalized pitch letter. Now, we're not writing them all from scratch. 95% of it is done, but we will tailor their name, the name of their event. We'll pitch me as a good prospect for it. And it's about how many of those can we crank out, but they're very personalized. They're and you're sending them one person. at a time. And we're sending them one at a time. But, but think about it this way. If you were able to do, maybe it takes you 20 minutes or so, and you could do maybe three an hour, and you treated this like a job, because it's a job. The people who sleep until noon, you know, I mean, success is being willing to do the things that other people aren't willing to do. Where did Heck I learn yeah. that? Where did Where I learn that one, Roy Vaden, take the <laughs> stairs? And so if you treat this like a job and say, if you did four hours a day of just pitching and you could do three an hour, so that's three times four, that's 12 a day sure. times five days a week. That's 60 organizations who now know who you are. Hmm who wouldn't have known otherwise, multiply that in a month, that's, that's 240 organizations you've pitched with a personalized tailored pitch, which makes you stand out from others as well. Now, somebody said to us, how are you converting such a big portion, big percentage of the pitches that you're, that you're so sending out? I want to hear that Real question. quickly, and, and I say, I don't think we are, but we're uh, pitching all the time. Yeah. So, and I, I do want to hear about that process, but one of the things I think that stands out to, to me and what you described is there isn't a magic list. It's mm -hmm. not like there's some secret list that you know about that no one else knows about. It's the same place you'd buy any list, the, the, the right. business journal, you Google stuff. Like there's not like a magic clean list that has it. And some of those lists are probably inaccurate and you're sorting through some of that. And when you send the email, you get a bounce back and you got to well, call. That's part of why we do, do some of the research. When we look up something and think, well, that takes some time. Sure. And for what we get paid, we're not selling widgets. You know, if you're at, whether you're at $7,500 or $15,000 for a keynote, we make a really good living for what it is that we do. It is worth that investment. If you're doing that and you're doing 12 a day or five a day, it's more than you're doing now, and you've got a hundred pitches, if you pull out three or four gigs in a month, that's more than 99% of the people in the world will make. This is a job. You got to treat it like a job. And so, but you also have to be very strategic in how you pitch. When we craft our letters, for example, we give them an easy out. At the end of the very first paragraph, we say, I think David, David Everett would be a great fit for your, your event, blah, 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 and this coming up on this date so that we know, they know we did some research. If you want to skip the rest of this letter, 
click on this link to watch this preview video. You'll know in a few short minutes why he's one of the most popular customer experience speakers mm. in the world today. We give them a digital link in an analog letter, essentially, right? To I'll say that again, just because it kind of jumped out in case you want to take this quote. <laughs> it's a digital link in an analog letter that allows them to skip everything else, to skip ahead, because everything we do is about getting them to watch my preview video. If they, that is our one key factor, that is our leading indicator. People will watch my preview video, which is pretty good, it's got me speaking around the world. If they watch that, I got a good shot of getting the gig. If they don't watch it, I have zero chance. So there's a whole mm -hmm. bunch of other things that we don't have time to go into in terms of what they need to make this successful. But in terms of our process, we will go through, now, let me talk about the other side. So that's the association side. And it's just, it's work. It's being clear on who your audience is. Don't pitch and waste time on ones that aren't. Make sure it's personalized. And your whole goal is one of two things. Either get them on the phone or get them to watch your video. And if mm -hmm. you can get one of those two things, you got a good chance. You know, on the corporate side, they tend to have a bigger budget. The problem is, and this is the Hoover's list and others, is they don't post anything in terms of their events because they're not public. And so you're kind of going in a little bit blind in terms of pitching a specific event, but we have a strategy for both of those. So our strategy is it's timing, it's follow-up, and I'm happy to give you some of what that is. I mean, there's certain days that we pitch and certain days that we don't, right? No pitching on Fridays, because even if somebody likes you, they'll forget about you by Monday. And this is all trial and error. Friday is when we're, we're filling out RFPs which is contrary, once again, to what most speakers will tell you. Don't fill out RFPs. They're just for breakouts. Nobody pays. I made six figures on RFPs last year. Hmm. Six figures, because, but we have a template. So we just cut and paste. Here's our takeaways. Here's the, you know, what are the three takeaways? Morning from session training? outcomes and all Yeah, all outcomes, all stuff. And so we just cut and paste. And we've got it now because we've done so many. If it's a healthcare organization, if it's retail or restaurant or, or financial services, which we do a lot of, we can cut and paste and get those in. Some of those tur have turned into keynotes. But what else are you doing on a Friday? Now, granted, there's a lot. And, and through the Brand Builders Group, of course, you, you teach a lot of great systems and processes. But the best way to get in front of people as you build your audience, as you build your visibility, is to treat the speaking part as a business. And we do so, and we've had good success because of it. Yeah, you know, and I think that's, it's really interesting. I, I say this a lot to people. As much as we're virtual and, you know, automated and scalable and all these things that we talk about, there's still nothing does such an effective job as converting someone who is a complete stranger, never heard of you, to an absolute lifelong raving fan in one hour as being in the same room physically with you, watching you do a, a well-polished, crafted, and delivered keynote, which there's a lot to it. But that is the shortest distance between stranger and raving fan. Now, we try to emulate that with the webinar experience online. Sure. And it you can to an extent, and I do that extent. as well. We, we use yeah. all the vehicles and venues that we can. Yeah, so it, it does it to, to, some, to some fraction or percentage of that. But I think that the tricky thing about the speaking business, like what you're saying that I really love is I go, it, it is a job. You have to treat it as a job. And the bummer is that it's not super scalable. Like you have finite inventory. Now you can still make a couple right. million bucks. I can, be a, I, can be, I can be on one stage at a time. I can be on one airplane at a time. That's that right. said, the effectiveness it, during that interaction 
is infinitely greater than the, you can, you can have 10,000 people on a call or you can have 500 people in an audience, but the impact you're going to have on those people is going to be that much more so. And, and nobody knows that better. And I'll brag for you for a minute than Rory Vaden, who at a very young age, as a young kid, was top 10 in the world for world championship of public speakers. The next year he was second in the world, in the world, like 25,000 people started. But there's something about charisma and there's something about communication and yet you're not equals. Here's the other thing that, that is so beneficial for what we do. When you have an opportunity to get that stage, you are not equals. You are not meeting eye to eye. You are elevated, both figuratively and literally. They're seeing somebody who is a, a passionate messenger for whatever it is that they're espousing. And you have a captive audience and they're listening to you. And if you are practiced, then it doesn't mean that you're overly rehearsed, but you know what you're saying. You're teaching what you do. There is a power in that. And if you are, as we are generally, pardon the gender specific reference, if we're the good guys and we're teaching something that is important, that's going to help them and benefit their lives, there is a power in that. And it's using that power for good as opposed to using those superpowers for evil. But in terms of galvanizing them as followers, as somebody who wants to know more, that's why people line up for us afterwards to get a signed copy of our book and to take a picture with us. It's surreal, right? It's not real. Most people don't have jobs where people clap for them at the end of the day. <laughs> I come home and my, my beautiful wife is like, hey, big deal, go take out the trash. Like, yeah, yes, yes, dear. You know, I was out <laughs> planting trees in my backyard yesterday. But that moment, there is something surreal. There's something powerful, and it certainly energizes us. And I, and I am passionate about what I do. But this isn't my passion. It's my job. My passion is my children. I love what I do. I I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. But my passion is my family. And so that part of, as sort of dovetail of what you were saying, of being able to be on stage, it's a really effective way to deliver your content in a way where everybody is touched. You, you can't I, sit back in your office and throwing a tennis ball against the wall during a, you know, during a webinar. Um, that doesn't happen when we're on stage. You know, I was processing it too as like, I think speaking is the greatest job in a world, mm -hmm. but it's not a great business because it doesn't actually scale beyond you. But it's the best form of marketing for a business that ever could be. It's, so it's like, you have this great job on the front end and if you treat it right, it feeds into whatever the business is on the back end that is the scalable thing. But that front part of it of just going, it starts, it starts with a list. It starts with figuring out who to reach out to. And then, and to tell us about the follow-up process a little bit, Dave. So sure. you got, you have that first outreach. <clears throat> Your first outreach there is a, is a, is a, tailored email. That's what I hear you right. saying. We, we actually have a, a schedule and I don't mind sharing it with you. We have a video series that, that we, we used to do a, a, a live boot camp that we just don't do anymore that we record it. But here's our basic process. We pitch on, on Tuesday and Wednesday, sometimes on Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, pitches might go out. It's the first email. And as soon as we do in our CRM system, as soon as we send that first email, we set a task to follow up in two weeks with another one. If we get no response, we'll follow up on two weeks. But here's something different that we do. So on Friday, we actually send a hard copy brochure letter follow-up saying, hey, we sent you an email last week. We send them on Fridays for a reason because it's a hard snail mail. It'll arrive on Tuesday or Wednesday of the next week. So now they've gotten two touches one week apart, one virtual, one physical. If we get no response from them, 
in our CRM system, we'll get a tickler two weeks later that will say, follow up with so-and-so. So we have a second email. And here's what's interesting. Our response for the second email is three times what it is for the first email. You know, I think to an, ex- to an extent, I think people go, oh, God, so I was going to get back to him or whatever. Because we, we all get overwhelmed every day. We try and work really hard to make sure it's not spam, right? So the second one, email is a very simple one. Hey, sent you a pitch. Thought David Ever would be a good fit. Um, let us know if, there, if we can find a time to, to talk. And we'll get response. doesn't mean they all say yes. Some say, oh, I'm so sorry. We're not meeting till whenever or something else. If they don't respond to that, we do not reach out a fourth time. So it's two virtual, one physical. And it's all within a two-week period. If we don't hear back, we don't reach out again. We just put them back in there and we set a, a, a responder for the following year. Now, here's the most important part. And this is our big secret that I'm going to give out to everybody. And I'm not selling oh, anything. Oh, oh. And this is people who paid thousands to come to our boot camp, which we don't do anymore. It's the when. Because our business tends to book eight to 18 months out, in the US. Overseas, they'll do a shorter time period. When I'm, I was just in Mumbai, India, we launched our book out there. Sometimes they'll book six weeks out. But here we generally do that. So whenever they- Eight to 18 months? That's eight to 18 months is sort of when, they, when they'll book out. But here's when they start the process. This is the, the important part. If we look up an organization, and let's just pretend people are listening to this right now, and it's May, and their event is coming up in July. They've already got their speakers. We're not going to pitch them now if their event is in July or August because they'll forget about us. So what we do is we always give them 60 days from their last event before we pitch. This, honestly, for those of you listening who will do something, this is worth $100,000, $200,000, just this tip of knowing when to pitch them. So if we research somebody and their event's coming up, we just put them a tickler in the system for 60 days from that date. It'll pop up on our screen. We know when to pitch them. If we pitch them too soon, they forget about us because they're already in the throes of their event scheduling. They take a month off and then they'll start thinking about when to form their committee to work on the following year. And so it's been very successful. We've learned that it's taken nine years to, to decipher this part of it. So whenever their event is, 60 days from that is the day that we pitch or sometime within the next couple of months after, but never before that. And that alone gets us so many more responses. And everybody's in the system. Our goal is to get them to click on my video. And then once, if they say within that two-week period, if they come back with any kind of interest, this is about taking a contact and turning it into a lead and a lead into a prospect and a prospect into a paid speaking gig. And we know what influences each step of those. Initially, they're a contact. They're just somebody we have in the system. But the minute we email them, they become a lead. And if they respond in any way other than, how did you get my information? Please stop emailing me. They become a prospect. And so if they say, yeah, we're interested, send us some information. Well, then all the reins are off and we, and we love them up. We send them a signed copy of the book. We set up a, I'll do a, a, a virtual a bomb bomb video email message to them. We will send them a, a try and set up a follow-up conversation because here's the reality. I can't let everything be equal. When I know I'm a finalist, I don't cross my fingers because my competition is guys like Rory Vaden. It's women like Connie Podesta and Sally Hogshead and and Peter Sheehan and just amazing speakers. I can't let everything be equal because my competitors are phenomenal. So that's when we really, when we know somebody has an interest, we send them information. I do a video email that tells where I can talk to them specifically and tell them what I know about their industry. 
And when I do a BombBomb video email, for those of you who understand what BombBomb, it's, it's a horrible name for a company, but it's a great service because, <laughs> because, because we can track the email. We're over 80% success in landing the gig. But at that point, we've already know that they have an interest in me. You're saying if they're if they start opening your video emails, then you're like you're basically no, I, no. I, I'm saying is of of those who I record a, a bomb bomb video email and send it to a prospect who's already expressed some interest, we convert over eighty percent into, mm. into paid speaking gigs because I'm mean, granted they're already interested. The point is we are methodical about our process, um, but we're very personalized in how we do what we do. We just need to be efficient with our time because most pitches I don't get. But even when I don't, and they say, we're going to do you for next year. And my staff will, you know, because to an extent, their part of their compensation is, is a commission and they're frustrated. It's, it's okay. I, I need to pay my mortgage next year too. We play the long game to create a sustainable business in this business is absolutely rare. But to do so, and much of what I've learned from Rory and AJ in terms of process, we treat this like a business. And we get, I get up every morning and I look at my beautiful wife and my absurd house and my high maintenance children and I get my butt to the office. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the, it seems like the big consistent part here is methodical about the process, but personalized yeah. about the pitch. That is so powerful. And then like you're saying, playing the long game. I mean, the, the one thing that AJ always says that I found to be so true, particularly in the speaking business, not just personal brand at large, but in the speaking business is like, if somebody engages with you, like if you get to that point that they're engaging with you and you send them a book, if you just stay in touch with that person, they will eventually book you. It may not yeah. be this year. It may not be next year. But if they have engaged with you at all, it's like eventually that person is going to book you just because at some point it becomes easy for them to do it because they trust you just for the sake of the matter that you have been around for a minute. Right. Well, And sometimes those people book you and they no longer work for the same place that they worked before. Yeah, they just move or they to another organization, and then well, they book you. Yeah, that's the best when they book you, and then they move, and then they book you again. For Aren't the those exact the greatest? Same thing. We had that's a thing best. last January, not this January, a year ago, January. Whoops, I did. I had two gigs that Tiffany in my office had been working on for three years, mm -hmm. and it was just it was weird that literally three years that she'd been working on both of them, and to for very big organizations, and and it's not like she was bugging them. It's just she pitched them. We didn't get the gig, and put them back in the system and we pitched them again the next year. Sometimes it was a tweak or it was a new keynote title or something else. And ultimately it booked. And she made the point that she says, it's not like I'm going crazy. She's like, just, it comes up in my system. We do a crafted pitch and if we don't get it. We pitch them again next year because the organization isn't going, going away. So I get down to Phoenix. I'm, I'm speaking for this organization. I walk in the door and the guy says to me, he goes, your assistant is a pit bull. And I just smiled. <laughs> she is persistent. And of course, it went great. And they booked me a second time since, which is, which is wonderful. But to be clear, I love what I do. You love what you do. But the only way I get to do it, as much as I want to do it, mm. is, is by treating it like a business. And so the delivery part of it is the part that we all love. Even when I'm there and they're asking like, well, how much more for this? And Tiffany in my office, she tells clients, she says, oh, you're just paying for him to leave his kids. 
he loves it. He'll, he'll do as much as he want while he's there. Do you want him to facilitate your lunchtime panel discussion? You want to break out? He, he loves this. But the fee is for him to leave, to leave his family. But he loves doing this. So we very much treat it like a business and have been able to uh, grow and scale in terms of the, uh, the other offerings as well. I absolutely love that. So I got one more question for you sure. before that. Where should people go if they, if they want to learn about Dave Averin? If you have a video, I mean, if you have a video course somewhere, we'll put a link to that in the show notes sure. here. Sure, absolutely. So well, people can- my, my speaking and consulting, you just look me up at davidaverin.com and it's A-V-R-I-N, davidaverin.com. And my greatest initiative and, and part of, of what I learned from Rory Vaden as well is I have a wonderful subscription model initiative that I've launched. I think it's the most powerful work I've ever done. If you look at customer experience advantage, Dot com. You can see some mm. samples. Great uh, URL. Just customerexperienceadvantage.com. Uh, take a look and, uh, and reach out. I'm not hard to find and just look my name up online. I got videos and everything else, but I appreciate the opportunity with my, my little brother, my best buddy for all these years. I've loved watching your success and in holding and squishing your babies and I couldn't be more impressed and proud with, uh, of what you've done and who you are. So there's me sucking up to you a little bit. But uh, how fun is this when you think about where we were 20 plus years ago? I mean, it's, it's crazy, Dave. And, and uh, I'm so grateful for you. I mean, I, I literally just, and so much of what we're teaching now is built upon the tenets and the, the principles and foundations that you shared with me that you know, I paid you in chips and appetizers and nacho cheese. Salsa. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. Salsa, and salsa. That we now sell for thousands of dollars. Um, but, yeah, but, if but there's... We're all helping each other. But isn't that, isn't that the best part about the brand builders group and everything else that you do? Is there is a, um, there's a community of people who are learning and sharing best practices. And some of them will ultimately become best practices because they're new practices. And until we realize what works and what doesn't, but what a perfect time to get into this business. But what you do and what you and AJ and your team do is you help people slice 10 years off their learning curve to be able to, to share their message and their, and their brand and build all of that and do it in a shorter period of time. It gets them to the point where they can do the work that is impactful much, much sooner. And I applaud you for that. Well, thank you. And so here's my last little thought is if there was somebody listening right now, right? Think of me 20 years ago or even yourself, you know, 20 years ago in many ways, who's like just stepping into the industry now. They kind of, they have the dream, right? Like what is the one thing that you feel like they need to know or they need to, they need to hear in terms of being able to go, this can become a sustainable way to feed your family and make a difference in the world. And I, I want you to listen and, and take this in the right way because it will make sense. It's not about you, but it's not in lieu of you. Mm. Does that make sense? So it is about them. It's what can you do for them, but it's what is special in you, what you've learned, what you can do, your unique gifts, and how you can apply that to better somebody else's life or their business. So I think the biggest mistake people make is they get so caught up in their own story and who they are that they forget. There's an old exercise that says, take everything you've written about yourself and your sales sheets, your brochures, your website, and look at all the content and everything you say about yourself, you highlight in green. And everything you say about your customers or clients or prospects and their life and their business, everything you highlight in yellow. 
And they're supposed to be more yellow than green, but there never is because we do most of our time talking about ourselves. It has to be about them, but it's not in lieu of you. So it's not just what is their, what is your unique way of helping them? Your unique skills that you can apply to better their situation or life. So they're both very important. The challenge that most have is they're so focused on their passion. And I just want to impact people. I just want to spread joy. People aren't going to pay for that. But they will if you can do that in a way that helps them. So the advice I would give is, is, is you need clarity on the front end. What are you really good at? And how does that impact somebody else in a positive way? And that's the key to the messaging. It's not what you do. It's what they get. And how you do it is important. And some people will be too, they'll be too stringent in terms of saying, it's not about you, it's all about them. It's not all about them, but it is about them, but it's what you can do. So don't focus all on you. Don't focus on them. Be clear on the front end and feel free to work with others in online chats with your social um, group, your, your mastermind groups and others to, to try things out. But ultimately it has to be what's the benefit of what it is you provide. Love it. Well, thank you, brother. We appreciate you. And, and uh, all I the appreciate best you as well. To you and your family and your lovely, amazing kids. <laughs> and yours as well, my friend. That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So, as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com, we will give you free lifetime access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com and we will get you set up with free lifetime access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. <laughs>